Awesome. It's good to see everybody. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Uh, man, I, I told about 20 of you guys that uh, the song we are going to do right before I preach is my new favorite. Man, that song, it messed me up again. I was thinking the second time I got to listen to it today, I wouldn't start getting emotional, you know, and I don't know, it's just something about the name of Jesus, and uh, <laughs> it's just awesome, so, uh, but that's not, that's not what I'm going to um, exactly preach on today is blessed assurance, but I can tell you this, the reason that we have hope, the reason that we are here is because at the name of Jesus, every knee will fall, even if they don't believe, at the end of their lives, every knee will fall, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, and that's how healings happen. That's how everything takes place is the name of Jesus. And listen, this is why I got emotional, and I am going to just tell you this. The reason that I stood right there and I was choked up is not because I like to, to cry. Uh, it's because I realize who I am. I realize what I've done, and I realize that the name that we're singing about looks at me and says, I love you, son. I don't look at what you've done. I look at what you are. And look at that, that I am in Christ. And um, I don't deserve that. And it's amazing. And so that's kind of, um, I will hit on that today of, of where we have been, what we're looking at. But if today is your first time, you're a guest with us, man. We're pumped up that you've decided to hang out with us. Or if you missed last week, um, this is week two of balanced, and you guys know what it means to be balanced in life. You, you understand what that means, but last week we started a series, and this is a financial series, but it is not all about you giving your money away. Matter of fact, the majority of it is not about you giving your money away. Today is not about you giving your money away. We started with the baseline. We said this is like, this is like the foundation. We're going to give, save, live on the rest. We will have ability for you to sign up for our 90-day uh, giving challenge, it, it's a great idea to do that because we believe if you don't start by giving back to God what's already his, you're out of balance to start with. 31 people have already done it. I encourage you, if, you've, if you don't give to God first, then you're out of balance, and we want to help you. We want to help you. So that's awesome. Second, second, today, next week, and the third week, we're going to give you the three, and this is not spiritual, by the way. This is not spiritual. We're going to give you the three laws of balance. They're physical laws. This is not like Genesis 1 and Matthew 2 and Luke 4 and those are the three laws. This is, this is just ideal. This is the, the physical laws of balance. And it works for every part of your life, by the way. If, if, you, if you're out of balance with something, y'all remember the V8 commercials and you're walking around like this, I need a V8 today. Like that, it's kind of the V8 for your life. It's, it's what keeps you in balance. And so we said the very baseline, the thing to get us started, if, if you don't have a good foundation, it doesn't matter if you follow the laws of balance. But once you have a good foundation, what can keep us balanced? And it's this, it, it's, that, it's that we're going we're gonna to today discuss keeping our eye on the prize, having, having the, the proper reference point. And then next week, we're going to make constant corrections, right? Because if, if you're walking on a line and you don't make the corrections, you're going to fall off. So you've got to make the constant corrections. And then the last one is there has to be a clear objective. If we don't have a clear objective for what we're trying to accomplish, how do we know when the balance actually takes place? And so those are the three things we're going to talk about. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling you guys, even if you're not a Christ follower, this can be practical things that will help you. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And if you are, we're going to look at how you can be balanced with your walk with Jesus and, and why this is the thing that keeps more people from having a balanced walk with Jesus than anything else. So 
How many of you guys played sports? Just show of hands. How many of you played sports growing up? It doesn't matter if it was on a team. You just, like your mom and dad played with you or something. Okay, so I coached basketball for nine years, and it was my thing. It's what I did. Still love it. Kind of have trouble going into gym sometimes because I have such a pull of, like, the coaching side of me, and I still want to, like, correct things. Like, why is he running that? So, like, right. And, and one thing that we used to do is we had a certain thing that we taught guys because we coached high school uh, varsity basketball. We, we taught guys, and this is how I was taught, to shoot a basketball. It was beef. How many of y'all know what beef means? It's not what's for dinner, although it might be, right? But how many of y'all know what it is? Beef. Beef is balance. That's, we should do a series called balance. That would be awesome. Like balance, right? We would tell them, if you are off balance, then you're not going to do it. If you teach boxing, it's one foot in front of the other. This is off balance. You'll fall down. And so we would tell them, get your behind down, right, and drop, drop it, good athletic position, and be on balance. And then your eyes, this is today, your eyes have to focus slightly over the front of the rim is what we would always teach. So you got to be on balance. And we would tell them, don't stand straight because I think you're off balance. If I can come push you, you're not on balance. And then, and then your eyes have to be over the front and then your elbow and the follow through. It's not as important, but if you ever want to shoot good, that's how you do it. All right, so shot doctor, you're welcome. But, like, right, you have to be on balance. And so our, our boys would come over and they'd be like, Coach, I don't know what's wrong, man. My shot's going to the right. You're probably not on balance. It feels right, Coach. I'm doing everything right. What's wrong? You're probably not on balance. What are you focusing on? Are your eyes slightly over the front of the rim? Or are you focusing on your girlfriend in the crowd? Because that's probably every time going to mess you up. So like, so, like, eyes over the front of the rim. Balance, 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 balance. Like, some of y'all coached your kids in Little League baseball or softball or whatever, right? What did you tell them? Keep your, say it out loud, keep your eye on the ball. You got to be, you got to constantly watch what's going on. Like, like if you take your eye off the prize, like, you, you got to do it. Like, my kids, every day that I'm not doing something in the evening, this is my hobby now because I've gotten old so I don't play basketball as much. I like to play golf now because it doesn't take much effort. So, like, you can laugh. It's good. I don't have to run. I can just sit there, right, and I hit. And then at worst, you have to walk. Most of the time, they have a cart. That makes a lot more sense. Why would you walk? So, like, so, but, but I like to play golf. It's, it's like one of my releases, is, and I love it. And in our backyard, I think it's like I've, I've shot it. So it's like 37 yards from the fence to the fence. And so I set up targets. And I love it, and it's awesome, and I'm playing with my kids, so I'm being a good father, right? But I'm really playing golf, so don't let me fool you. But... But they like it because I like it. They come out and they want to play. And my two-year-old, he's going to be athletic, I think, and I'm like, all right, Haston. And if you tell a two-year-old boy to focus on something, right, that's like saying, I don't even, I don't have a good example because nothing's quite that bad. And I I grab him by his little shoulders, and I'm real calm. Buddy, you got to stay still. Okay, Daddy. (laughs) And you got to keep your eye on the ball. Yes, sir. And, and like, it's not, it's not a second right? He looks down a little left-hand swing, and he brings it up, and he swings good, but he hasn't looked at the ball once, and I'm like, ah! And he's like, ooh, daddy, you, what's wrong? What's wrong, daddy? I saw we, right? I mean, I'm like, you got to keep your eye on the ball, and we know that. Like, that's not surprising. Laney's starting to get a little bit, and she does a pretty good job. Daddy, I did the best I've ever done because I kept my eye on the ball. That was yesterday. I wasn't planning on saying it. I was just high-fiving. I was like, oh, you oh, that's awesome, girl, right? Because we tell everybody in life and in, our, in your job, if you're doing something wrong, you probably took your eye off something. In school, if you're doing something wrong, you probably took your eye off something. And we know this, right? You have to have your eye 
on the price. It's a, it's, a, it's a life principle. This isn't money, but if we're being honest this morning, if we're being honest this morning, almost all of us, now not all of us because there's Nazis in here that are crazy and, and your whole life you've always known everything and you are the opposite of me because I'm not a rule follower and I've never known where anything is, including today. Thank God for my wife and our staff because they're very organized, but I, like I, I don't I don't really keep up with anything. I do keep my eye on the front of the rim because I want to make baskets. But, like, like, that's about it. But, like, naturally speaking, I'm not organized. Some of you are, and that's awesome. But 90 or more percent of us have no idea where our money's going, do we? We have no idea. We have, I mean, it's like we have no clue. We, we tell our kids to keep their eye on the ball. We tell our employees if we're bosses to keep their eye on the customers or keep their eye on whatever the data shows that we is so important. But when it comes to our money, it's not important. And here's why. Here's why. If it was the Pinocchio principle, it's the Pinocchio principle, y'all stay with me. I don't think anyone's too young. Pinocchio is a classic, so y'all got to know this. What happens when Pinocchio lies? Say it out loud. His nose grows. Right? So in life, if I was looking at something that I shouldn't and my eyes bulged out, would I do it? No. Say it out loud. No. Would I do it? No, because I'm like, oh, my goodness, it tells on me. I can't do that, right? Or if I say something that I shouldn't, my lips grow. It's not funny because I already saw some of y'all laughing because, like, that hurts. Like, before I even got it out, y'all were laughing at me. And so maybe that is a real principle. The Pinocchio principle works for what you say, right? But, but if it was, like, if everything grew and your face got big, again, please don't laugh. Like, if your face and your mouth got big, like mine, like, you would stop because you're like, dude, my lips are humongous. They look like Pastor Marks. Like, you would stop doing it. You would stop doing it, right? Because it'd be like, holy crud, immediate, there's reaction, there's cause and effect. Like, y'all, y'all played the game Operation growing up, right? And you're like, stupid red nose, why well, you light up every time I touch something? And you don't want to do it. So you keep your eye on the little, y'all wanted to get the wishbone, didn't you? Y'all wanted to get down there and get that wishbone so you could pretend you're breaking the wishbone at Thanksgiving. Like, we always keep the eye on on the, on the prize because we didn't want the buzzer to go off. And if that was the way that it was with money, we would keep our eye on the prize. That's not it. The, the law of Pinocchio doesn't work when it comes to your money. I wish it did, by the way. Wouldn't it be awesome? Your bank account's getting low, and it buzzes you. Some of your wives do that, I know, because I've, I've been told, like, did you just spend, this is a text, did you just spend money? Because I saw it. And, like, they must, I think, I think y'all have a gift. By y'all, I mean wives. Y'all have like a gift and it's like, I don't know, maybe you work a deal with the bank that I don't know about and like you get an email immediately or a red light goes off, but that's happened to me before if it's never happened to y'all. Did you just spend money? Like, how does that happen? It's not even cleared yet. Do you know, like, do you have my conscience sitting on your left shoulder? That's unbelievable. But besides wives (laughs) and moms and dads, that doesn't exist and it stinks because when you're on your own, right? I mean, it took me a while, but I became an adult. And when we're on our own, we have to pay bills and we got to go through life. This is hard because it's not the principle of Pinocchio. It's the principle of the harvest. It's you reap and you sow. But the problem is you don't reap and sow now. You reap and sow later. And what rhymes with later? Tater, yes. You reap and sow now and tater. No, you reap and sow now and, and, and greater. Like, it, whatever you reap now, it will grow greater. So, or tater, if that works for you. So, so you reap now and it grows later and then it grows greater. And that's good or bad, isn't it? If, if you get in debt, it grows later and greater. If you, if you save money, it grows later and greater. It's the principle of the harvest. 
And it's frustrating because I want what I want now, and I want, man, the light to go off. And because it's frustrating and invisible, for the most part, we just take our eyes off the prize. And if you leave with one thing today, and this is going to be fun and we're going to laugh, but if you leave with one thing today, this is the thing that I want you to leave with. You've got to be knowing where your money's going. You've got to be knowing where your money's going. I think you'll remember that, won't you? Say, say this out loud. Say, i got to be knowing where my money's going. Say it again because it wasn't loud enough. i got to be knowing where my money's going. You've got to know where your money goes. And, and, and the problem is, in life, I, I keep my eye on the, the front of the rim or I keep my eye on the ball. But when it comes to my money, I don't know. Now, now Pastor Mark, how is this about Jesus? Like, you just got emotional about Jesus and that name. But, but, but how does knowing where my money's going, how does that really affect this whole Jesus thing? Like, I don't get it. And, like, you're talking about money. You're not even talking about what I give. How, how, I don't get it. This is why. The God of the universe has looked at you. Looked at you, whoever you are. If, if, you're, if you're 12 years old or, or if you're 75 years old, it doesn't matter. He's looked at you and he said, you are my financial planner. And I'm entrusting you as a trustee, if you'll look at it that way, of my money. Everything we have comes from God. Everything we have is dispensed by God. And so he is our financial planner. And if we don't keep our eye on where our stuff and our money's going, and in just a second in Matthew 6, we're going to look back from what we looked at last week. It eats us alive. And, and, and we don't even focus on it. I am convinced that this is the area that Satan, y'all know the mad scientist like, like Mr. Burns on, on The Simpsons? Yeah, Smithers. Like he's got that weird laugh. I'm convinced if Satan laughed like that, and I don't think he does because I think he's much more powerful than that. But if he did, I think he would look at us when it comes to our money and say, yes, I've got them right where I want them because they have taken their eye off the prize. We got to be knowing where our money's going because it's the area that we slip so easily and it's all of us, isn't it? It's all of us because we don't care. It's not a big deal. Let me tell you why it is a big deal. Matthew chapter 6. We started in verse 24 last week. We're going to end with verse 24 this week. And this is Jesus preaching the most famous sermon in the history of the world. This is his words. And I, I just want you to see what he said about stuff and money and why we need to throw the danger, the, the, the like flashes up, the nose needs to turn red, the nose needs to grow, the Pinocchio principle needs to happen, and we're the only way it happens because we have to make it happen. Because naturally speaking, it's the law of the harvest and we just look away and don't worry about it and eventually it'll work itself out. It never does. And this is why it's so important. Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourself treasure on earth. Now, does that mean that you can't have stuff? Nope. Nope, stuff is awesome. Like, let me help you with this because people let the pendulum, people make the pendulum swing really far to the left and say, you, you got to sell everything you've got. You've got to give every dime to the Lord. And then they swing it really far to the right. And they say, eat, drink, and be merry. It doesn't matter what you do with it. There's a balance. That word seems to be really good. There's a balance, right? There's a, there's a proper place. We go right, we go left, we swing, we try to make adjustments. And somewhere in the middle is Jesus, always. Always. And in this case, having stuff isn't a sin. Listen to me. Being a millionaire, people look at it and they shun them. They are awful because they're rich. No, there's not one place in the Bible. Jesus never one time said you're bad if you're rich. Some of the greatest men and women in Scripture were rich. Like, we can't comprehend rich, rich. But this is the difference. Don't lay up the treasures on earth. 
don't let that be what you're about. Even if you have stuff, it's not bad to live on the lake. It's not bad to have a second house, as long as that's not what defines you. Don't let this be what defines you, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust destroys, and where neither thieves do not, excuse me, where thieves do not break in and steal. And this is the verse. Get this. For where your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, this is what Jesus said, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Now I'm fixing to tell you where your treasure is. Based on scripture, based on breaking this down, what he actually meant when he was talking to who he was talking to, this is what he meant. If you look at your whatever you do if you still have a checkbook and you write all the little dudes down or you do it on quicken or whatever account that you use right you have a spreadsheet on excel i don't care what you use or if you pull out all your money every month and you do cash and that's sort of honestly what leah and i do it doesn't matter how you do it it matters where it's going you got to be knowing where your money's going right and this is why if you will take a, a an inventory of that and you'll look at it look here if you'll look at it of where it's going it tells you where your treasure is. That is the definition of where your treasure is. So I'll just give you a definition. This may offend some of you. It's not intended to, and this isn't me, so get mad at Jesus, okay, if you're going to get mad at somebody. But this is where your treasure is. If you spent $10,000 on your kids, and I don't mean they were in trouble and they had cancer, so please do not read into that. If you spent $10,000 on your kids buying a pony, because <laughs> y'all know your kid don't need a pony, but it's okay if you want to buy one. If you got billions of dollars, you buy your kid a pony. That's weird, but that's fine, right? <laughs> like, if you bought your kid a pony because they whined and they wanted a pony, and you gave Jesus zero, aha, this is easy, that's where your treasure is. You said, but that's my kid. That's awesome. That's your idol. That's your God. That's what he's saying. Lots of people put, put their kids number one, and then they're like, I don't understand why my life is out of balance. It's the law of, of balance. It's, it's a natural law. You are out of balance because you have not put God in the place that he should be. He's like, no, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And then we look and go, I don't understand. Why, why, like I thought, this, the whole God-Jesus thing, I thought if I love my kids and my wife more than anything else, yes, except you have to surrender them to Jesus. If something happens to my wife or kids, I would never trust the Lord. The Lord has control of them, not me. This has nothing to do with Mark. I am, I am the head of the household spiritually. Leah is my equal, and I'm the head of the household spiritually, but I'm not ultimately in charge of protecting them. If someone comes in with a gun, I'm going to do work on their face. Okay, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm not ultimately responsible. God has control. This is going to freak some of y'all out. When I pray over my kids at night, I never pray God, please protect them. He promised he would protect them. I pray for their souls. I pray that they don't turn from Jesus. God has promised me he will protect them. And I don't concern myself with that. And you're like, that's weird. No, that's what Jesus said. And when it comes to my treasure, they are treasures of mine. I will never tell you that I do not hold them very high in my life. I do not apologize that I hold them higher than I do you. And I love y'all. But they're my people, right? But Jesus has to be first, and he can never be greatest and first if I've never surrendered my family, my stuff, my money. And he said, he said, this is what keeps people from surrendering everything. You've got to be knowing your money's going. Why? Because that's what shows us where our heart is. 
That's what shows us where our heart is. And can I tell you something that's interesting about your hearts? Like, like, do you ever know people at the end of their life and you're at a funeral? And I know some of y'all have done this. And it, it, um, I did a wedding yesterday. It was awesome. Um, a lot of fun marrying people that you're close to. And, um, and then I've, I've done several funerals. And I, I really don't mind doing funerals as long as I know that the person's trusted Christ. But the worst thing, I'm telling y'all right now, I want to throw up when I have to do a funeral of someone that I'm pretty sure didn't know Jesus. And this is what I've, I've kind of watched with that. This is what kind of, that I've kind of watched with that. What Jesus said right here is true. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm six foot, probably four or five it big guy. I'm, I'm a big man, 245 pound, big dude. And y'all are small people, some of you. Some of you are big dudes too. But some of y'all are small, right? And our caskets would kind of look the same if we were all dead in here this morning. And what's in our casket, casket oddly enough, would look the same. They're not going to put money in there with me. And if they did, guess what it would, would happen to it? This is interesting. That, that moths and rust would destroy it, right? Like I can't spend it. It doesn't matter. So where am I storing up my treasures? Because ultimately, that's what tells me where my heart is. Now, how do I know? I want to know, Pastor Mark, I want to know like, how I know and what leads my heart bad and what leads my heart good. And this is what Jesus said, verse 22. He said, the eye is the lamp to the body. The eye is the window to the soul is what some of your, some of your uh, versions say. Your eye is your window to your soul. And some of y'all have read that and didn't even know that was what Jesus said. That guy was really smart, by the way. He's good to read. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, what the eye beholds, what the eye wants, the eye goes and gets. And I want, I want, I want, I want. I've got to be knowing where my money's going. I've got to keep my eye on the prize. Why is that important? Because the, if the eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But... If your eye is bad, if I don't look at where my money's going, or in, in other cases, the principle of the balance, it works. If I, if I take my eye off the prize, this is what happens. My, if my eye is bad, my whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, is darkness. How great, like, in other words, if what you perceive you want, so, the, so what's coming in is darkness. How great is the darkness? And this isn't a, just a simple phrase, it's like, a, it's, it's like with emphasis. If you don't surrender everything to Jesus, you cannot comprehend the amount of greatness. The reason I got emotional while we were singing, Oh, what a Savior. It's because I realized what my eye perceived was darkness and it is not comprehensible. I dumb down sin so that I do not believe that I'm bad, but I'm wicked. Listen to me. There's none of us in this room that are good. And for every person that thinks that they're good, we've missed the mark by so much more than we can possibly imagine. But what is great is that the light is in me. It is booming light. It is not small. When I look at Jesus, it messes me up. When I sing the name of Jesus, it messes me up because I realize that it's not me that is light. It's he that is in me that is light. Listen, if you want to know where Pastor Mark's heart is, I need you to get this. If you want to know where my heart is this morning, don't look at my words, don't look at my actions, and don't even look that I cried when we sang the name of Jesus. Look at what my eye perceives, and look at where my money's going. And that's what Jesus said, even if you don't like it. And that's why it's important to be knowing 
where your money's going. And then this is how he kind of put a stamp on it. This is how he kind of put the cherry on top. He said, because here's why. Some of you are light and some of you are darkness. And you fight against, you say, no, 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 I said a prayer a long time ago. Like I, I walked down an aisle with a preacher. Like I did that thing, I did my thing. I, like I've tried to be a good person. Stop trying to be a good person. Listen to me, you'll never be a good person. And I love you. I, I'm saying this with love. It sounds crazy and mean. I can tell how it's coming out. Well, Pastor Mark, thanks for the encouragement. No, it's the truth. I love you, and I'm not mad at you, <laughs> and I hope you're not mad at me. I'll never be a good person, but this is what's awesome. I don't have to be a person that tries to be good. I've got a Savior that loved me so much, and he perceives me. Listen, this is nuts. God looks at me, and he sees Jesus. That's weird. Like, if that doesn't mess you up, that, that Romans 8 verse 1 says that there's no condemnation for all of us that love Jesus. That's, that's crazy. Like the worst thing that you've done, if you're in Christ, he looks at you and said, there's no condemnation. But if you're not in Christ, there is absolute condemnation. There's either no condemnation or there's absolute condemnation. And it's all about, have I surrendered everything to him? And this started with, I've got to be knowing where my money's going. And that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. And, he, and this is why no one can serve two masters for he, he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will de be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and Satan, right? Is that what it says? What does it say? You can't serve God and money. Say it again. You can't serve God and money. money. And that's weird, isn't it? That he didn't say God and something else because that's not the thing, is it? Like, is it, can that really be the thing that keeps us from a right relationship with God more than anything else? And according to Jesus... In the most famous sermon that was ever written and ever spoken and ever said, he said, this is what keeps your eye on something other than me. This is why you need to be knowing where your money's going. It's because you are entrusted as a human being. Whether you love Jesus or not, it's all coming from God. Can I be honest with y'all? Um... We, we are reaching people that, um, that are, some, some of them, very far from God, that have never been in church before, and we celebrate, man, we get so excited because there's real life change happening. And when it starts, we look at them, and we try to, we tell them next steps, here's the next steps, here's the next steps, and this is one of the next steps. For every person, whether they've been saved for one week or for 30 years, with no exceptions, I need you to hear this. Every person that's come in there that needs marriage help, and there's been a lot. There's been a lot. No exceptions. This is always an issue. Always. It may not always be, so I'm not going to say that for the rest of my ministry, where God has me here or wherever he has me, that I will always see this. But with zero exceptions up till this point, when there's been issues, there's been something when it comes to money. Something. And it's, it comes down to trust. And this is ultimately what it comes down to. And I know this is harsh, but it's not intended to be harsh. It's intended to be truth. It's because on one hand, you have husband who says, this is my treasure, but I love Jesus, right? And this is the wife. This is my treasure, but I love Jesus. And so we reach our hands out. We reach for our spouse. I'm going to give 50% and I'm going to come halfway. That's not what marriage is. Marriage is I'm coming all the way, and then it's all God's. 
I'm giving God all of me because God doesn't, look at me, God doesn't want your stuff. None of you. God gave it to you. Why would he want it all back? It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. He doesn't want the stuff that he, he gave to you to be what keeps you from him. And I just think that Satan's in the back somewhere just laughing going, you don't get it. You've taken your eye off. Your coach is in the back going, you've got to focus on the front of the rim. And we haven't looked at it forever. We don't care anymore. And some of us, we have plenty of money, right? And so it's like, if you knew how much money I had, you would know that I'm not worried about it. You, you are a trustee of the king of the universe. Every dime that you have is important because he's entrusted it with you. And if you're broke, check this out. College students, high school students, junior high school students, uh, intermediate school, I don't care how, what grade you're in. If this is you and you're like, Pastor Mark, I, you didn't say one thing to me today. No, this is why I did. If your parents give you $20 a week and you'll take that $20 and you'll start writing down every single thing that you spend money on. Every single thing. And you come back to them and say, last week you gave me $20. Here's what I've spent the money on. Your parents are going to go, what? Like, if you're in college and, and you get $100 and it has to cover all your expenses for two weeks. And you take a sheet of paper and you write down every single thing that you spent money on. And you're like, look, this day I spent $20 on this and I bought this and I had this gum. And I bought this and every single thing that I did, I, I, I wrote it down. It's going to blow their minds. And I'm going to tell you this, you'll be entrusted with more. I promise. If my kids come back someday and I give them $100 and they show me every dime and they ask for more, do you know what's going to happen? I'm going to trust them with more because they were trustworthy. That does not mean that God's going to give you more money. It means that you are, this is for every person, it means that you are more trustworthy because you know where your money's going. In some cases, that may mean you get more money. But that's not the principle. That's not the important thing. The important thing is it helps in every walk of life. And in this case, this is what keeps us from God more than anything else according to Jesus. You've got to be knowing where your money's going. You've got to be knowing where your money's going. Guys, we've got to keep our eye on the prize. We're going to give one of these to every single person in here, okay? We're going to give one of these to every single person in here. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Especially men, because we are stubborn. And we're going to say no and puff our chest up and say, I don't have to do that, Pastor Mark. Right? Please do this. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm going I'm to leave you with this thought. But I'm asking each and every one of you to do this because I think, it's, I think it will change the game for you. How do I know if something's a treasure? If you won't let someone borrow it and you own it, it's probably your treasure. If you bought something... And you won't let someone, but dude, you don't know about my gun, man. That's my gun, and I ain't letting nobody touch it. I mean, that's, I don't want to touch a gun because that's weird, right? Because I don't want to shoot you or you shoot me. But, like, but it's not the principle of have you or should you. It's would you. Would you. Like you can't let someone borrow your house because you live there. But I'm talking about like if someone needs your car and it's so precious to you, if your kids would answer the question, Daddy loves that more than me, that's probably not a good thing, and I guarantee you love it more than God at that point. And so this is what I need you to do. This is what I need you to do. Two things. Every person in here, no matter how rich or poor you are, no matter if you don't have one, if you get one dollar, set up a cash account on Quicken, whatever you think is best, and we're going to give you this paper for one week till next Sunday. 
If you buy a 10-cent piece of gum somewhere, I want you to write it down. You'll be amazed at the holes in your budget, and you'll go, holy cow, look at where that money's going. I didn't realize that $100 was going here. And it will help because it's the very first principle of being balanced in our lives, knowing where it's going, keeping our eye on the prize. That is the key. And then, and then, this is it, this is it. In the first service, we had a couple people put their faith and trust in Jesus in this message. It doesn't make sense because it's about money, but it makes all the sense in the world because here's the deal. This is what I want you to answer right now. Every one of you. Have I truly trusted Jesus Christ? And I'm not asking you, have you prayed a prayer? Have you walked an aisle? Have you shaken a pastor's hands at the end of a message? This is, this is what I mean. If I could get your checking account, what would I say is your treasure? Because if you've never surrendered everything, most likely you haven't surrendered the hardest thing that there is to surrender, and that's your stuff and your money. And guys, this is the truth. Being saved is not about saying a magic prayer. Being saved is about saying yes to Jesus and following him and placing all your trust in him. And a lot of times when it comes to this, this is the thing that keeps more people from doing it than anything else. God wants my stuff. Nope. He wants you to have stuff. It's not a bad thing at all. He just doesn't want it to have you. You've got to be knowing where your money's going. And the reason is because it is a, it is a litmus test for where your heart is. You've got to keep your eye on the prize. And this is ultimately how I do that. And it's, I hope it's how you'll do it. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's throw off all the things that entangle us and the sin that is destroying us. Guys, money's not a sin. Loving it is a sin. And let's throw it off. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Remember, focus on the front of the room. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith with the joy set before us. He endured the cross and scorned its shame. And he's seated on the right hand of God. He took sin for us so that we would no longer be sin. I'm not good, but because of Jesus, I am good he looks at me and he sees righteous and that's the answer that's what we focus on we keep up with every dime i want every person to do this we keep up with every dime that we spend but ultimately what keeps me focused what helps my marriage what saves my marriage in this room what saves my relationship with my parents because it's miserable right now i can't stand to be around my parents that's okay it's not your parents and it's not you it's it's that you're not focused on the right thing you've got to fix your eyes on jesus and so for every person in this room, I want you to fill this out. But ultimately, I want you to answer this question. And I want you to be honest. Based on the fruit of your life, which is your treasure, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Will you bow your heads with me? With nobody looking. I just want you to be honest, man. I'm not asking y'all to, like you don't get points because you think that I'm looking and I, I don't matter, honestly. What I think doesn't matter. This is between you and God. Based on where your treasure is, based on what Jesus said, Pastor Mark, there's no doubt in my mind. And I'm not talking about that person's a good person. Oh, you know their heart. No, I, I don't. The only way I can know that is by where your treasure is. Based on where my treasure is, Pastor Mark, based on the fact that I'm alive in Jesus Christ and I know that he has set me free, Based on me looking into my life and evaluating, I am certain, Pastor Mark, that I am a Christian. There's no doubt in my mind that I've trusted Christ as Savior. 
I'm asking you if that's you to raise your hand as high as you can. Older, young, rich, or poor, I don't care who you are. As high as you possibly can if that is you and you know for sure that you follow Jesus. You, re- you lift your hand up as high as you can and hold it up. High as you can. As high as you can. You said, I have said yes to Jesus. Thank you. You can put them down. There are several people in the room. Please keep your eyes closed. There's several people in the room that did not raise their hand. I'm just asking right now, will you look up at me if that's you and you didn't just keep looking. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to look right here. I think there was about 10 people that didn't uh, raise their hand. Listen for you. This is our, this is my thing right now. What I want for you is not for you to give us your money. (laughs) Uh, That's not important. If you follow Jesus, he's going to tell you what to do with his money. I want more than anything in this world. We want more than anything in this world for you to say, you know what, once and for all, I want to follow Jesus. I don't care if you've said every prayer in the book. This is not about praying. This is not about anything but you saying, you know what, I want all of me to be surrendered to all of him. I will follow Jesus. And if today that's what you want to do, all we're asking you to do is just slip your hand up as high as you can. Thank you, dude. Who else? Slip it up as high as you can and say, that's me. That's me. Today, I will follow Christ. I need Jesus to come in and save me. I want Jesus to save me. Who else? Is there anybody else that, that you're just like, dude, more than anything, I just I want to be a follower of Jesus right now for the rest of you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Right here. Right here. Who else? Keep it up. Keep it as high as you can. As high as you can. There were a few more. We want to give you a couple seconds and let you say yes to him because, listen, you know your heart better than no one else in this world can ever know your heart like you do. You know where your treasure is. If your treasure is not found in Jesus, I promise you, you can get all the treasure that you want, but ultimately, we're going to be in a pine box that looks about the same, and it's not going to matter. All that matters is have you surrendered everything to Jesus. If you want your marriage to be healed, do not surrender your marriage. Surrender your heart. It is amazing what God will do. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Mark, I want to be saved right now. Hey, everybody, I need you to look this way. I need you to look this way. (laughs) How many of y'all will commit this week. And if you don't do it, it's fine, but it's it's not fine. But I mean, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Like, how many of y'all will seriously just, I'm just asking for one week. I'm not asking for all y'all to do this for the rest of your lives. For one week, I will write down, I'm talking about 10 cents worth of gum. I'll write down every single penny that I spend. For one week, I will be knowing where my money's going. Raise your hand. If you'll do that this week, if you'll do that this week, look, that's everybody, almost everybody in this room. And there's some stubborn people. And listen, I love you. It, with the bottom of my heart, I love you, but you can keep being wrong. And you can keep not doing the right thing. you got to be knowing where your money's going. And you're like, i got plenty. Eventually you won't, and it's not smart, and you're not being a good steward. We're going to give every single person a, a piece of paper. And even if you didn't raise your hand, I ain't mad at you, right? I ain't, we ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I, fill it out. Do it. Every single penny. Teenagers, you're going to blow your parents' mind when you do this because they're going to be like, holy cow, you wrote down everything. That's awesome. I'm telling you. And listen, there's, there's these things in life called keystone habits. And it's a habit, positive or negative, that can, in this case, I really do think it's positive to know every dollar that you spend. It's, it's a habit that will, it's a cause and effect habit that will help other things become habits. If this becomes a habit in your life, and it's just a principle of balance, it will blow your minds how much more money you have. It's not about what you make, it's about what you spend. And that's what we're going to talk about next week with Constant Corrections. Don't miss it. Guys, today, seriously, I'm not joking, one of my favorite days we've ever had as a church just that song's so good isn't it blessed assurance and then we're gonna sing greater right now and that's the facts okay no matter if you agree or disagree with me as you walk out 
And you're allowed to be wrong if you want to. (laughs) We can agree on one thing. We serve a God that is much greater than anything else we can ask or imagine. And what we have seen now is only the start of what God is about to do. Will you stand with me? God, we believe that you're going to change the world, but you're not going to use amazing things and lights, and you're going to use normal people that are messed up, that are alive in Jesus, because we are in you, and you really are greater. There's no other name that we would rather sing about, that we'd rather stand and raise our hands and our voices and say, God, you are greater, and we believe that. God, will you help us now know where our treasure is, help us know where our money's going, keep our eye on the prize, and be balanced with our lives. God, I believe it will heal marriages. I believe it will heal lots of other things in this room. But the important thing is it's not about our money. It's about our heart. God, help us be alive in you, and we believe that you will do so. We love you, Jesus. Amen.